Well, hello. Good morning, friends. Nice to see y'all. Glad y'all are here. Uh, as Tiffany said, my name is Peter, and um, it's it's good to see y'all this morning. It's good to see some of y'all a second time this morning. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're here, and also uh, good to see our friends in Fitchburg again. Hello again, and I know we have friends in Baraboo, we have friends in Sun Prairie, we also have friends in Seattle joining us, and I know we also have some friends in Singapore who are joining us. So, uh, yeah, a worldwide church. This is a church where we are, uh, you know, we're connected and we want to be a church of community wherever we are at. So, if that means here in Madison, or if that means all the way to Singapore and back. So that being said, y'alls have heard me say y'alls a lot, right? Yes, y'alls have heard me say y'alls. And so if your suspicion, if your suspicion is that, ooh, y'alls, this guy is, this guy's not from here, right? We, we don't say y'alls in Wisconsin. We say, is it yous guys, right? I heard something like that. Hey, yous guys, right? I don't know. But I say y'alls from the south. That's where I've learned to speak, and I'm specifically from the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina. So that's where I'm from. So if you are a hiker or you know that, right, you know the Appalachian Mountains, the Blue Ridge Trail, right, Blue Ridge Parkway, all that stuff, that is where I am from. And so if you hear me say y'alls, which you're going to hear a lot in the sermon, if you hear me say mister or miss or good sir or ma'am, that's just my southern charm. That's it. It's just my southern charm working y'all, trying to be friendly and everything. But as Tiffany also said, I work with the student ministry here, right? And working with the student ministry, I get to hang out with your kiddos. It's so fun. It's so great. I specifically get to hang out with the Asian American student ministry, where it's from 6th to 12th grade. We have Asian American students, Chinese American, Taiwanese American, Korean American, Hmong American, biracial Asian students who prefer just a culture-specific space, for their spiritual formation and community group experience with Jesus. So I get to do that. And I get to work with the middle school ministry. Yeah, and middle school ministry is so fun. It's so great. Do you guys remember what it was being like 11, 12, 13, right? Yeah, yeah. How fun that was. How how great it is. That's what I do. And it's so fun to hang out with your kiddos. So thanks for letting me hang out with them. It's been a blast. And so speaking of summer camp then, summer camp is the, the, the sermon series that we've been doing, right? Spiritual practice adventures at summer camp, whatever. We've, you know, some of us have been to summer camp, some of us not, but we're talking about summer camp. And we've actually been running a summer camp here at the church for middle school students, and we call it Madison Missions. Madison Missions, we invite middle school students, 6th to 8th grade, to come and sleep over here at the church. And throughout the day, we send them out to the greater city of Madison, to all of Dane County, as far as Sun Prairie. We send them out to different nonprofit organizations where they get to love and serve our community. We've sent our students to community gardens, to schools, parent-child care centers, to senior centers. We've even sent our students to uh, a place that specializes in horse therapy. 
So it's been cool. It's been really nice to have our students do that. And we've had over 200 students over four weeks join in and serve and love our city. And we've racked up over 2,600 hours of service to the community. Yeah, we, we give a clap for our middle school students. It's been fun. This summer camp has been great. It's been so good. And the nice thing, the great thing is that in all the things that we do, when we go and serve our community, when we come back and we do worship, we have our Jesus conversations. We can just play and hang out. We get to do all of this with our friends, the friends that we know and the friends that we don't know. Every week we've been having students who come, they have their social groups, they have all their friend groups, it's great, it's fun, but we also have students who don't know anybody. And the beautiful thing is that students, middle school students, would invite these students into friendship. No one was a stranger. Everyone had a place. Everyone had friends. No one was out of place at all. And that was beautiful for me to see about, oh man, students, middle school students, my kiddos, they love each other well. They can be friends. But I also had a thought. I also had a thought that, oh, maybe it's more than that though. Maybe it's more than friends. Maybe, definitely, our middle school students are creating community. They're creating community deep, rooted in love, centered around Jesus, centered around their care for each other. Middle school students building community. It was beautiful to see what a blessing it was to watch all summer long. So that being said, I get to talk about community today, right? And community, I'm sure we've all heard it before. I know community is something that, oh man, like uh, 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 like we've heard this spiel a million times. We've heard Charles, we've heard Chris, we've heard Matt say, community is X, Y, and Z. You all need to be in community. Yes. We've heard it a million times. And we even have our own Black Hawk-ism, don't we, about community? If you don't know, on our website, in big, bold, white letters, say it with me, say it with me, building a community to reach a community. That is a value that we have here at Black Hawk. One value that we talk about often. If it wasn't a value, we wouldn't talk about it often, right? Yeah? So we talk about it a lot. And you've heard it a lot, I'm sure you have, but I promise you, I promise you there's still something deeper than it just being a tired old topic that you've heard tons of times. There is something deeper still. And I know some of y'all are also thinking, ah, community, Peter, just like how you middle school students did, right? Just make friends, right? Not quite, not quite. I mean, like, yeah, like, we want to be friends. <clears throat> we want our students to make friends with each other. But I think it's still deeper than that because with my Madison Mission students, right? No, 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 no. It's more than just friends. This is community. It's more than friends. There's still something deeper still. And, and I know some of y'all are also thinking, Peter is the new kid. 
Peter's the new kid, so Charles and Chris and Matt are just giving the new kid the easy talk. Yes, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. They're probably giving me the easy talk. But it was not easy to write. Oh my goodness. Whoo! This, trying to come up with, with, with this and, and what I'm trying to write and everything. Like, man, that was so hard. It was so hard. It was so grueling. I thought it would be the easy talk. It was not the easy talk because we've heard it a million times. We've talked about community. We have our own Blackhawk-ism, but it's still deeper. As I've been writing this, trying to figure out what Jesus wanted to say to us today, there's still something deeper about community. So walk with me this morning. Walk with me, and I promise we'll get to the spiritual practices. But first, let's just sit for a moment on what community is. So in your Bible, could you turn to John 1? Turn to John 1. In your Bible, in your devices, whatever you're using, it's also here on the screen. John chapter 1. This tells us a little bit about community that was present at, or no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Present before creation. Let's read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Out of his fullness we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, the one and only Son has made him, the Father, known. And here, we can nerd out about theology. We can nerd out about, oh, wait, 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 Jesus is He was God, but he was with God. Jesus is God, but he's also a distinctly different person from God. We can nerd out. We're not going to do that here because we could do that in a course. So if enough of y'all talk to Charles and Tiffany and say, hey, we want to take a theology course with Peter, just saying. That is definitely the place that we can nerd out together. But not this morning. This morning, this morning, as I said, Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. And verse 18, verse 18, let's read that again. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God. Jesus is God, but also different from God, a different person. And is in closest relationship with the Father. Closest relationship with the Father. That is, in our English translation, that is a good translation, but that is not quite the same imagery that the Greek gives us. The Greek, it gives us a much deeper image, a much more beautiful image. It is translated literally as he is in Jesus, he is in the bosom of the Father. In the bosom of the Father. No one uses that word anymore. And that's a weird word in general, right? But imagine, imagine a father holding their child as sweet, as intimate as it can be. 
Imagine a father in love with their child, a parent, a mother. Moms and dads, remember when your kids were born and how you adopted and how you drew them in for that first time? How you adopted your children and when you first picked them up and you held them close, sweetly, intimately. Remember when you were kids? And how your mom, your dad, your grandmother, grandfather, whoever, someone, that that adult in your life, you were a kid and you could just run up and you could sit in their lap and you could just lean back. And how safe, how intimate, how close that was. And you can even hear their heart beat, boom, 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 boom. How intimate, how close that loving relationship is. That's the relationship that the father and the son have. Jesus in the bosom being held by the father. Jesus, our God, is in community with the father. And we can throw in the Holy Spirit in there too, right? Because we believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The father, the son, the spirit in close unity, in intimacy, in relationship, in community together. And the beautiful part, the best part is that we are made in his image. So we too, as his image bears, we too are community people reflecting our community. God, how beautiful is that? That we are made for community. That you and I, here in this room, that all 8 billion people in the world, all 8 billion people of us, we are made for community. We are made for each other in love and intimacy, in humility and forgiveness. And that when we gather in the name of Jesus, something beautiful happens something more unique than us just hanging out with friends. Something more intimate, something more beautiful than when we're at the bar, we're grabbing a few drinks, hanging out, just talking with our friends, than when we are just playing some esports with people from the other side of the world, than when we are just binging our favorite shows with our best friends. There's something more intimate, something more unique, something more beautiful, something more true happening when we gather together as a community, just as we were made to do. So on Sunday mornings, like this one, when we're gathered here together in this room, online at Fitchburg, downtown, when we are here together, this is the community of God. Dare I say the family of God. Look around, look around, look around. Look around, look around. This is your family. This is the family when we've gathered together. But also, we as a church, we also want to offer spaces where we can grow intimately, deeply with each other. Not saying that this isn't intimate, not saying that this isn't deep here. No, no, no. We want to offer spaces not just on Sunday mornings like this one, but throughout the week where we can grow in love for each other. And we call that community groups. It's something that we should all be in. We should all be involved in the community groups because it gives us space. It gives us a place to be 
together. And I got to tell you how important it was for me growing up. When I was young, when I was in high school, right? 10 years ago now, oof, oof, 10 years ago now. Maybe Peter's not that young anymore. <laughs> but 10 years ago, when I was younger, right there, right there, okay, we got it, we got it, right here, right here, right here. 10 years ago, a little bit younger, a little bit skinnier, a little bit, you know, less, less this. <laughs> Peter was in community group and how formative it was, how much it grew me, how much my friends, being in community group with them, with my youth pastor, how he loved me, how he mentored me one-on-one, how all of this changed my life, changed the lives of others. I had friends, I had cousins who were legitimate gangsters, legitimate thugs, hurting people, doing the most illegal things you could imagine. And yet when we gathered together by the love of Jesus, by the love that we have for each other, lives were changed. And for me, my life was directed. It's because of my community group, my youth pastor loving me as a student, that I am here before you today. So that's why I encourage all of us, we all need to be in community group. It's different. It's not just hanging out with friends. It's not just any other old thing, just making friends. Oh, I can find that anywhere else. No, this is different. This is the family of Jesus gathered together here today and in the week. We offer spaces for community groups. And so we, on our website, have a place. If you want to sign up for community groups, We would love to have you sign up. And I believe registration opens up today. Community, being in intimate, small groups, life groups as we used to call them, right? I know we're not supposed to say that term anymore, but community groups, life groups, small groups, whatever you want to call it, being in these groups. We would love it if you were able to sign up. And some of y'all are also, maybe you're thinking, you know what, my schedule is just kind of all over the place. I've looked through it all. None of these work out for me. And some of y'all might be thinking, yeah, uh, I'm trying to look for something else. I feel like Jesus is asking me to do something else. I've been a part of this community. I've I've been doing this. I've been serving this way, but I think I'm ready to serve in another way. We're also needing community group leaders because what a good problem it is to have. So many people who want to be in community and there aren't enough groups, Right? What a good problem it is to have that we have so many of us who want to be leaning into each other in love and intimacy, and yet there aren't quite enough spaces. So we also need community group leaders who can come and lead and start new groups. We would love to have you become a group leader. But as we're talking about community groups, I know there are two problems. There are two problems that we also have. One Sometimes community is hurtful. I know we've all been hurt by community. I know that the people we love, even these supposed Jesus people in their Jesus groups, I know they've hurt us before. They've hurt all of us. We've hurt each other. But thank you, Jesus, that this is different. Thank you, Jesus, that when we gather together, though we might pain one another. Some of us, we've been pained more atrociously than the rest. 
But when we gather together, we also are a community centered on the forgiveness and the reconciliation of the pains that we make against each other. And not only that, not only that, but we are also a community of people who carry one another in our pains, in our burdens, are we not? Let's read a passage from Luke. Luke 5. On the day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him home, uh, take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. And what a beautiful thing that is. What a beautiful thing it is that when we are together, that we can carry one another's burdens. Because I got to tell you, imagine being this paralyzed man. Imagine being someone in ancient society, how they viewed them. They weren't just a, a, a person that a bad thing happened to them. No, no, no. Because you're that sick, you are a bad thing. You're a bad omen. You are a curse. You are now an untouchable of our society. Everyone stay away from him. And he had no one to help him. He was probably a beggar, eating scraps, whatever he could find. And yet, the most, in the most countercultural thing, his friends, probably his family, they said, no, we got to get him to Jesus. We have to get him to Jesus. We have to get him to Jesus. We're going to pick him up. He can't walk. We're going to pick him up. We're going to carry him to the healer. Ooh, we see a big crowd in the way. Ooh, let's go onto the roof and destroy someone's roof. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I'm only 5'4", so I'm not a very tall, big guy. But a five-foot hole in your roof, that's a big hole, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine Imagine Jesus is sitting there and Jesus is talking. He's, he's sitting, he's talking about some theology, talking about how we should love people. And you just hear some, you know, what, what is, huh? All right, whatever. Talk, 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 talk. Huh, what are you doing up there, right? And then, and then, and then, and then you hear some more and then you see a whole bust through the, through the roof. One tarnation, right? So that's a Southern thing, sorry. One tarnation is that. And then you see a five-foot hole, and you see a man lowered down. And Jesus says to him, son, I see your faith. I see the great faith of your friends. How wonderful that is, that they would carry you to me. Take up your mat. You're healed. Go home. And what a blessing that is. And And I really mean it's a blessing. I really mean it's a blessing because we are all those same people in community. We are all people carrying one another, carrying each other to the healer. That is who we are when we are in community. The community that we are made for, community 
is healing. And, and it's truly healing because for me, I got to tell you, for me, if you know anything about me in the past 10 years now that I've been away from home and I've been a big boy, adult living on my own, I've moved around five different times, right? For school, for work, for ministry, now for here, five different times. And these are big life changes too, not small moves. These are big, different state life changes. And every time I get somewhere, it is a little painful because there's just something painful, something awkward about being the new guy. And I know my new people in the room, my new people online, I know you feel that too. It feels weird being new. It feels weird being that new college student. It feels weird being that new, that new person that's starting a new job here in Madison. It feels weird. It feels awkward. I know. I felt it. But the way you're going to practice spiritual, uh, practice community as a spiritual discipline, as a practice, I got to tell you, it's simple. You just got to jump in. You have to jump into community. You have to put yourself out there. You have to jump in. And that's so important that you jump in. I know it's awkward. I know it's weird. I know no one likes being that new person that's like, right? Or I know some of us don't like being that person who's holding a cardboard sign in the atrium saying, you want to get lunch? I know it's weird, but it's so important. It's so essential to being in community. You need to jump on in. But also for our resident Blackhawkers, our resident Madisonians who've been here forever and you've lived this life and you're never planning on moving away, your job, the way you practice spiritual community as a spiritual discipline, the way you're going to do it is you're going to extend a handout. You need to invite them in. And I got to say this, I got to be honest, Midwest nice is not good enough. Midwest nice is nice but it's not truly community. It's polite. Yeah, I love you. We can have a great conversation, but at arm's length, you're not invited into my home. You're not invited into my life. You're not invited into my community group. Midwest nice ain't nice enough. You need to be inviting. That's how you invite others in. That's how we practice Community as a spiritual discipline. My new people, you got to jump in. My resident people, you got to invite them in. It's not community if we're not clasped together. That's just friends, not even friends, acquaintances. We've got a second problem about community, though. Our second problem is that we're just too busy. Anyone else too busy? Yeah, 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 too busy. We, we just got too much to do. And our to-do list, our chores, it's huge. There's so much to do, right? Oh, man, I got to take my kids to their sports, to their activities. Oh, man, work requires me to be on call even after I go home. Oh, man, I've got this family situation that I need to care for. Oh, man, we're trying to make good boundaries in our family right now. I get it. There are good reasons, plenty of good reasons for us to be busy. But but you also got to admit, we waste a lot of time too, don't we? Yeah, 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 we waste a little bit of time. Sorry, we waste a lot of time too. 
So Peter, how do I make room, make time, fit community into my busy schedule? I don't think that's what Jesus is asking us to do. I don't think Jesus is asking us to fit community in. It's not a task. Community is not a task. Community is not a chore. If you treat it like a chore, if you think of it like a chore, and you do it like a chore, it will only ever be a chore. Community is not a chore to do. It's this question of time, and how do I make time for it? Versus identity, who I am. And as we said earlier, we are made for community. We reflect our community God as community people. So it's not an issue of time, an issue of fitting it in on our schedule. No, 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 no. Don't get it wrong. It's an, it's, it's an issue of who I am. Let's read from Acts real quick. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I'm not sure what you guys are getting from that, but I'm getting a dooby-dooby-doo thing from it. A dooby-dooby-doo. A dooby-dooby-doo. Because when it comes to who the early church was, so this is the early church. Jesus is gone. The apostles are leading the church now. It's just the disciples. They've just been given a different title. They're leading the church now, right? And so these early Christ followers, they're not even called Christians yet. They're just called people of the way at this point. These early Christ followers, because of who they were, Jesus' people, because of who they were, they would do these things. They would gather together. They would love one another. If anyone had need, they would sell their possessions and give for each other. But also, we have ancient documentation of how the ancients viewed Christians. Some of it, it's bad. Because it's, 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 oh man, these Christians, they're anti the imperial religion and also some misunderstandings of Christian theology. But they also knew Christians to be the most generous, the most loving. When the plagues hit Rome and everyone got away because it's only practical, stay away from sick people so you don't get sick, right? We've all been kind of through that now, right, right, right? <laughs> But stay away from sick people so you don't get sick. Who stayed behind? Who stayed behind to love and care for the poor and the sick? The least of these, it was the Christians. Because they said, oh, our Lord calls us to love these people. Our Lord calls us to care for these image bearers. When children were left behind, when fathers picked up the newborn children and said, mm, this child does not look strong and worth my time to raise and left out on the street, who adopted these children? It was the Christians. Because they said, these children are worth it. 
These children are also image bearers of God. These children I will raise as my own son, as my own daughter. These are my children because of who they were. Who they were defined what they would do. But also because of what they do, as it says in Acts, it says the Lord added to their numbers daily, they had favor with all people. People recognized, not only did it, it, what they did informed who they were, but what they did informed others of who they were, of who they be. It's this doobie, doobie, do cycle where what you do or who you are, what you be, that defines you that defines what you do. So it's an identity crisis. It's not, how do I fit community into my schedule? No, 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 you are community. Get that, say that with me. Say that with me. I am community. Say that with me. I am community. You are community. And because of who you are, that defines what you do. So don't worry about trying to fit time Whenever you do what you're supposed to do, whenever you are who you are, things will naturally work themselves out. I promise. And I got to tell you, the important things, don't worry, you, you still end up doing those important things. But those things that you thought were important that weren't really that important, they begin to fade in light of what is truly, truly good. Let me end us with this. Community. Community is also like breathing. Community is like breathing because community, it should be so normal. Because we all, we're breathing right now. Take a deep breath with me. That's normal. That's just, that's just what we do. That's what we breathe. Community should be that normal, but also community. We, it's summertime. We've all been swimming this summer and we jump in the pool. And when you jump in and you're deep underwater, sometime sooner or later, you got to come back up, right? For some air, because without air, that's not living, right? Literally, that's, that's not living without air. And it's the same for community. Without community, that's not living. Without, the, uh, without one another, Jesus, the last thing he said to his disciples and to us during that last supper is one new command I give to you, love one another. Community. Love one another truly and truly well. So like breathing, like the air that we need, it's, it should be normal. Community should be so normal. It's just what we do. It's that do be, do be, do. And it's just the great need of our life. Without it, that's not true living. So can you turn to your neighbor? Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, and say, hey, neighbor, hey, neighbor, I love you. Your family. <clears throat> now turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. Hey, 
I love you, your family. Now say to yourself, self, this is my family. This is my family. This is your community. The family of God is here. Seek one another, love one another well. Let's pray. Jesus, in your goodness, in your love, oh God, Jesus, we are here as a family. We are here as your people. We are here as your children, as sisters and brothers, as fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, grandchildren. We are here as a family, as your family, Jesus. So Jesus, we pray as we're trying to figure out what it means to be community, to practice community, Lord, may we know that we were made for each other. We were made for community. Just as you are our God of community, so are we people of community. And Lord, in the pains that we share and the pains that we commit against each other, Lord, may we practice forgiveness. And Lord, it's more than just a time problem. It's an identity crisis who we are, who we are to be, Jesus. So Lord, we gather here, we gather together here today in community because we need it, because we are commanded to do it, because Jesus, we are your family. In your name we pray, amen.